we're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Divi. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm your co-host, Benton Crane, and today I'm joined by Davis Smith, the founder and CEO of Cotopaxi. Welcome, Davis. Yeah, thanks, Ben. It's great to be here. Davis, tell us a little bit about your journey. What what got you into athletic wear and outdoor adventure gear? So uh, this really started from childhood, uh, a childhood passion. Uh, my dad was an adventurer. Um, I spent a lot of time in the outdoors. We did a lot of backpacking and camping. We lived uh, actually in the developing world. I moved to the developing world when I was four. And so we would do crazy. What took your family there? My dad's job. Okay. Yeah. So he, he actually was, uh, he spoke Spanish and uh, had owned a construction company, got a job doing large construction projects uh, internationally. And so we moved to Latin America. And so uh, that was my childhood. And, uh, you know, we, we make our own raft and float the Amazon River fishing for piranhas or go survive on uninhabited islands, spearing fish with you know, spears we made ourselves. Like Kind of Tom Sawyer yeah, of the Amazon. Exactly. It was pretty great. Uh, I mean, that's, it felt pretty normal to me. Um, but I loved, I loved the outdoors, and that was uh, a big part of what drove me to the space. And then, um, you know, an, another interesting aspect, of course, of growing up in the developing world is that you get exposed to a level of poverty that, um, that most Americans maybe truly don't even understand exists. And uh, that was, uh, you know, I came from a large family, eight kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very middle class. My dad, you know, with eight kids, we didn't have a lot of a lot of money. But yep. we had opportunities that a lot of these other people would never have. And um, I recognized certainly from a young age that I was really lucky. I, I didn't deserve a better life. I didn't, it's not like I had greater ambition or I was smarter than them. I just had been born in a in a place that gave me opportunities that they wouldn't have, and so. Gotcha. Uh, so in the states, being from that large family, you would have been considered um, like you didn't have lots of options yeah. or lots of things. But then moving down to the developing world and seeing what you know, quote unquote, real poverty looks like. Yeah. Is, is that what you were ref- referring to? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, there's there's certainly poverty in the United States, but um, there there's quite a difference between being poor and being destitute and that's what I grew up seeing a lot of my life and uh, I knew I had a responsibility to to be of use to others that was something I knew uh, that was instilled in me from the time I was a kid and so that was those two factors really kind of played into why I built Cotopaxi. And for our listeners who aren't familiar with Cotopaxi, Cotopaxi is not just gear right it's gear for good tell it tell us a little bit about that. Yeah yeah, so uh, it is an outdoor brand or an adventure brand, uh, but there's really there's a why behind the brand that existed before I even knew what we would be creating and selling. I knew that I wanted to build a business that could inspire people to do good and that could uh, encourage people to do good alongside me somehow. And I also knew that businesses, I believe that businesses can be a sustainable way of making a positive impact in the world. Um, nonprofits are constantly having to beg others for money uh, mm-hmm. to support their causes and yep. they do amazing work but I felt like there was an opportunity through business to build something that could sustain itself through profits it and has its own economic engine exactly and uh, so that was really kind of the idea behind um, you know building this brand but that had a, a social mission at the core of the brand and we tried to inject that 
that social mission into every aspect of the business. Now, tell me, so growing up in the developing world, you're witnessing this, you know, extreme level of poverty. Is that when you decided that your life would be dedicated to making an impact? Or did it come later when you were when you were looking to start a business and you thought, I want to make an impact? Where did that connection happen? Yeah, I, I've always known. Um, if I look back, I kept a, a journal sporadically throughout my, my childhood and youth and even into adulthood a little bit. And if I look back, I, I wrote I wrote about this. I mean, I, I this was something that I felt deeply. And uh, when I was in college, I actually had a, a really cool experience where I went to Peru. I, I worked for a nonprofit and while I was there, um, I met a, a little street kid that I befriended, and um, his name was Edgar. He was a little nine-year-old boy, and every single day I'd bring him food. And uh, he was just the, just a darling little kid. And um, one night, my last night, uh, as, when I was in Cusco, this little town in Peru, I, I found Edgar sleeping on the street and uh, in the middle of the night. And uh, I woke him up. Someone had stolen a shoe shiny kit, and he couldn't go home. He was too afraid. His dad was an alcoholic. Uh, he was responsible for helping feed his family. And um, at nine years old, nine years old. Wow. And uh, it really, it really hit home for me that I needed to use my life to help people like Edgar. And uh, I made a commitment then um, that I was going to find a way to do that. And I, I wrote, uh, I was at that time, I was keeping a journal pretty regularly mm-hmm. and I wrote all about it. And I wrote specifically that I, I needed to use my life to find a way to help him and people like him. And so that's, uh, it's been a path and a journey to try to figure out how to do that. I think a lot of people feel that desire to go make a difference and to help people. But I think the hard thing is figuring out how to do it. And uh, it's taken me a while, but uh, you know, I spent 10 years as an entrepreneur trying to figure that out. And then um, this idea kind of came together. And so I've, it's been awesome. So is Cotopaxi the manifestation of that dream of building an economic engine that allows you to give back? Exactly. Tell us how that works. Yeah. So we, uh, we've really, it's kind of a complex um, social mission that's kind of built into this business. It's not as simple as a, as a buy one, give one model that mm-hmm. a lot of businesses use. You know, we don't give away a backpack for every backpack we sell. Right. Um, having spent a lot of years in the developing world. In fact, I, I just moved to Utah five years ago from Brazil. Um, so, I, you know, I spent a lot of time there. And I, I'll just tell you, like, giving them, giving people that live in poverty s- stuff doesn't doesn't solve the problem. Backpack's not going to fix it's, it for It's not going to do anything. Um, but we really felt like we could go tackle... Uh, and alleviate global poverty by tackling the root causes. So we focus all of our grant making on healthcare, education, and livelihood training. And uh, so we do grants. We donate a percentage of, of revenues to go support nonprofits in the developing world, in some of the poorest countries in the world that are having tremendous impact. Um, and then we also have uh, other ways that we do impact. So we have um, vo- through volunteerism, our team is constantly volunteering and working in the community. We have a a card writing program that our team created. We mentor and coach refugees, um, help them um, with it's. They have a job club that that we created with the International Rescue Committee. Uh, refugees, when they first get here, they can join the job club. We give them their first job, and then we teach them how to create a resume, how to do a job interview. And what they do for us is they actually write thank you cards uh, for all of our customers. Anyone that gets an order oh, from wow. us gets a handwritten thank you card written by a refugee. It's written in their native language because they're still learning English. Yep. And uh, we've had over 100 refugees go through this program. 
And uh, so that's one way. Our supply chain is another way. You know, we've gone back to Bolivia, one of the countries I lived in. Um, I lived in a little community that made about $200 a year per capita. They live in extreme poverty. Always wanted to find a way to go back and make a difference there. So the socks I'm wearing today are actually made of llama wool uh, from this little community. Uh, so we've, we now order this year hundreds of thousands of pounds of llama wool from little communities all up and down Bolivia uh, improving livelihoods and creating jobs. Creating these little micro-industries in these communities. Exactly, yeah. And there's a bunch of other ways, but like this is just, just to give an example of how we're having impact. It's, it's injected into every aspect of the business and brand. That's awesome. Now, if I understand correctly, it's even built right into the way that the the way that the business is incorporated in a B Corp, correct? Yeah. Educate us on what B Corp means. Yeah, this is, and actually there's a little bit, uh, it's kind of a confusing thing because there's there's something called a B Corp and there's something called a benefit corporation. Okay. And uh, people use them interchangeably, but the reality is they're actually two different things. And we are actually both. And I'll explain what the difference is. So a benefit corporation or a public benefit corporation, which is what we are, um, is a, a legal entity. So we were incorporated in Delaware. Um, when I incorporated the business, uh, Utah didn't have public benefit corporations yet or benefit corporations yet. So um, I incorporated in Delaware. We created this entity. It's a for-profit business, but you make a commitment to use your your profits to make decisions based on how your business impacts people and the planet. And so, and that's built right into your founding docs. Exactly. So, uh, you know, my job is not to maximize shareholder value. It's not to create as much profit as possible. And uh, obviously, we need to create profits as a business to be able to sustain the, the good that we want to do. That's but the engine, right? I, exactly. So, but that's not our sole purpose. And uh, so, it's a new type of entity, and it's awesome. And I think this is the this is the future of capitalism. If you if you look at you know two hundred years ago, eighteen twenty, ninety four percent of the world was living in extreme poverty. Ninety four. Uh, when I was born, which I think we're, I'm probably a little bit older than you, but we're probably close, close, uh, so early eighties. Yeah. So I was born in 78, okay. uh, uh, in 78, uh, 40% of the world lived in extreme poverty. This is a dollar 90 a day in today's dollars wow. under, un, or less. Um, by the time I went, graduated from high school, it was 20%. And last wow. year it was 9%. Like we are eradicating time to live. It's crazy. Yeah. And so we are eradicating extreme poverty in, in our lifetimes. Uh, and we need businesses to step up and do more. We can't rely on government alone and nonprofits alone to do this. We need businesses to step up. And also we need to transform the way we think. We can't just exploit the earth the way that we have. Right. Um, and frankly, exploit people. People have been exploited historically through capitalism. And we've gotten a lot better. Um, you know, when my grandparents were kids, like at that time period, children worked in factories like seven days a week. I mean, it was a different world. And so I'm thinking, like looking forward, what are we going to do different with business? How are we going to be uh, how are we going to be better than what we were, you know, in, in 2019? And so that's what, that's what I think uh, the Benefit Corporation is all about. Uh, and then just to kind of wrap up that, that thought, a B Corp is actually a certification that you do. So you don't have to be a Benefit Corporation to be a certified B Corp. So a company called B Labs comes in and does an audit of your company. It's a pretty rigorous process, takes a lot of time, and they basically tear apart your business and, t and you have to check a lot of boxes about how how you're doing. And it's everything from, you know, do people get paid fairly? Like how much more does a CEO get paid than the people that mm -hmm. are entry level? And, you know, how are you thinking about the environment? And, you know, all these, there's literally like a thousand questions that you're asking. And um, you, based on your score there, you can become a certified B Corp. So you're kind of a pioneer in this space. Many of our listeners are up and coming entrepreneurs. 
what would you recommend to the up and coming generation of entrepreneurs? When does it make sense to pursue a B Corp or Mm -hmm. to pursue a a, a mission based for profit business versus just a standard for profit business? What would you recommend? Yeah. So really my thoughts on this are, it depends on the entrepreneur and depends on the idea. Um, the reality is that it took, like I mentioned before, it took me 10 years building two different businesses before I figured it out. And I actually dabbled with a couple ideas that had like a social mission kind of built into it. Mm-hmm. And the ideas didn't really work. Uh, I ended up pursuing other ideas and those businesses were just traditional businesses. They didn't mm-hmm. have a social mission. And, uh, you know, I had to learn over those 10 years how to become an entrepreneur, how to build a business, how to build a team. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes in those 10 years and was lucky to have two businesses that were successful and worked. But... Um, I think if I wouldn't have had that experience, I don't know that I could have built Cotopaxi because I, it's just it's so hard to build a business in the first place. And right. So when you're building a business where you're giving away money all the time before you're even profitable, um, you know that's that's tricky. And so I would say, you know, depending on who you are, or what the business is, some, for some people it might make sense. I have a, a younger brother that's building a, a business that's uh, called Recyclops. They're doing mm-hmm. um, recycling in a lot of um, rural communities and stuff like that. For them, it's like it might make sense to go be a, a B Corp from day one, uh, or to maybe even certify as a benefit corporation because they have such a, a social mission really baked into the business itself. Right. Um, for other businesses, there may not be such a clear connection. And so for those entrepreneurs, I would say find ways to volunteer in your community, to give back in other ways, to, to help and coach others, to find something that you're really passionate about. And there might be a way to weave it into your business at some point, but you may find that, Hey, maybe this first chapter of your professional entrepreneurial career is really just learning how to be an entrepreneur and just go get a win under your exactly. belt. And then look for the next thing. And, you know, Bill Gates, for example, he's done so much good. He's donating billions of dollars to 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 eradicate poverty, to eradicate disease, but you know Microsoft wasn't didn't have a social right. mission built into it. So everyone has their own path. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, Davis, as you know, the podcast is called From Poop to Gold. On your journey, I'm sure you've had some really low lows and some really high highs. Tell us about a situation where you've turned a really really hard, almost almost insurmountable challenge around and come out on top. Yeah. Um, man, that's so I'm, I, I guess I'm hesitating cause I, I'm debating how vulnerable I should be here. <laughs> so, um, cause I've, you know, certainly had plenty of low lows. Every entrepreneur does. Um, Ho- hopefully this is a safe place. We're trying to make it yeah, safe for you. you know, Davis. Why don't I, I will share um, something that maybe my lowest low, um, in my last business in Brazil, uh, I, I was running that business with uh, one of my uh, closest friends, and we built a previous business together. And uh, through the process of building that this second business in Brazil, uh, we we basically had uh, we had conflict mm-hmm. among our partnership, and um, it was uh, it was pretty devastating. And uh, I was pretty hurt and. Uh, made a decision that I was I wanted to to leave uh, that I didn't want to damage this relationship further. Uh, I wasn't happy, um, and it was a hard moment I think for him and for me. Um, he felt like I was um, I think he felt like I was abandoning him there to go do something different. And um, you know, we go into these partnerships with with such high hopes and high expectations yeah. that if a partnership doesn't work out, it 
it hurts. It hurts. Uh, and, yeah. And so, uh, and this person actually happens to be family as well, um, extended family. And so someone that I'm going to know my whole life, right? And, mm-hmm. and someone I care about deeply, but uh, it was very, very painful. And uh, to be honest, uh, I had a lot of self-doubt. And I started wondering, like, um, maybe I'm just, maybe the, uh, there's something wrong with me. Uh, or maybe uh, maybe I'm not really a good entrepreneur. Maybe the last two businesses have worked because of him. And what if I you, go? So you were wondering if the partnership failed because of you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you that's know, a I, heavy that's a heavy weight. It is. Yeah. And I I I, re- I remember being really scared coming back, thinking, what if I go start this new thing that I'm really passionate about that I've been dreaming about forever, and uh, I fail. And then everyone says, Ah, oh, man, Davis. Yeah, he kind of rode the coattails of you know, his partner in the past. So that's why those other two businesses worked and Davis is no good. And so I, you know, honestly, that's a lot of what was going in my head. And, um, you know, I think what you recognize as an entrepreneur is, uh, you, you aren't good at everything and you need help. And so I built a really solid team around me, uh, understanding after 10 years as an entrepreneur, like kind of where my weaknesses mm-hmm. were and where I needed help. And, um, you know, it's been a wonderful experience. My, my co-founder in this business, you know, we've worked together almost six years and we've never even had an argument. It's been just a, a really fun experience, but I was able to surround myself by people that I think shared the same values. We were building something that we all cared about and they had skills that I didn't have. And so it just, it really worked well together. And I learned some good lessons and I think I'm, uh, I did a better job as a co-founder. I think I'm a better co-founder in this business than I was in the last one. And so, um, you know, that's what this is all about, right? It's, it's learning and growing and being vulnerable and trying to understand and listen so you can know where your weaknesses are and try to try to improve and be better. Just keep going. Yeah. Each lesson you go through hard times, then you turn it into a lesson and you learn from it and you move forward. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, where can our listeners follow you, Davis? Uh, you know, I'd say, first of all, you can, you can follow Cotopaxi on Instagram. Yep. Uh, you know, the handle's at Cotopaxi. It's a fun one to, to watch. You kind of see people all over the world with their Cotopaxi gear, which is fun. Um, you know, and me personally, you can follow me on, on Instagram as well. Uh, my my handle is at Davis M. Smith. Uh, I post a lot about uh, my own travels and adventures and survival trips and uh, post about my business and uh, some of the impact we do, and then post about my family too. So uh, don't get annoyed if you see pictures of my family. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, I don't use Twitter that much, but every once in a while, yeah. Fantastic, Davis. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Absolutely, yeah. we've got a little gift for you. That's we want nice. to give you a copy of our book and a little uh, gift bag from our clients. All right. Thank you for joining us. Well, Unicorn Gold, I'm ready to use that. Perfect. I've heard about this, so. (laughs) Good. Well, thanks, Ben. Appreciate you having me on the show. Our pleasure. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you to our sponsor, Divi. Divi is a business credit card that's made a huge impact on Harmon Brothers. So in the past, we used to just use standard cards, and we'd give them to a few employees, and they'd go out and spend money. And then afterwards, we would find out how much they spent. Sometimes they stayed within budgets, other times they didn't. But with Divi, it's a little bit different. We issue those cards to our employees, and we can manage before the money is spent exactly what their budget is for any given project. So with Divi, it's different. Divi gives you the controls before the money is spent instead of just looking at the damage after the fact. 
The way it works is you issue a card to all your employees. We do it for every single employee, even including our interns. There's no cost. It's each employee gets a card and it's no risk because they can't, they can't spend any money from the card unless we allocate money to them to be able to spend it. So we have full controls and full visibility over who is spending and where the money is going. And so this has made a huge impact on us because now we have much tighter controls on our project budgets and it's um it's a lot safer too yeah at the end of the day it's a lot more secure than sending a whole bunch of employees out with credit cards that you're trying to keep track of wait who has the card now and how much has been spent on that that's all happening in real time through the app and our finance team just loves it yeah the finance team loves it we love it because mm-hmm. it gives us peace of mind that the money is actually being controlled and that yeah. there's you know not wild expenditures going on out there. Yeah. Um, and even our project teams love it. You know the the producers and the project managers really appreciate the insights that they get into their project budgets rather than having to wait until after the fact to see what the damage was. So, Divi is a free service that. If you're interested in it for your business, you can check them out at getdivvy.com forward slash Harmon Brothers. That's get, G-E-T, divvy, D-I-V-V-Y.com forward slash 